Hey listeners, just a couple of quick notes at the top of this episode. What you're about to listen to is maybe a 20 minute conversation on a fun wrestling story. And I figured putting on my producer hat that we could all use a little bit of fun. So that's what's here in the main feed. Patrons, you have likely already seen the bonus episode that was released into your patron bonus content feed. Uh, But I'm going to put it up there for free for anybody who just wants to go and, and click on the link for it. We have a longer extended conversation around grief that requires a lot more content notes and um, is, I think, an important conversation, but is something that I, I wanted people to be able to choose to engage with when they wanted to. So that's over on the Patreon for you if you want to hear about grief, different types of grief, how we process grief, how we're taught to process grief. That is all there for you. So in the meantime, uh, you know, call your elected representatives and demand action on gun control. Uh, Take care of a trans person in your life if you can. Fight the fascists and uh, take care of yourselves and enjoy the episode. One, two, five, nine. Robin Breeze, servant leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell? So, Ethan, I hear you have something funny to tell us before I talk about many sad things. Uh, It's kind of funny. So the there's this uh, scandal going on right now. uh, Listeners, if you don't know, uh, involving uh, different wealthy people, um, it coming out that they are essentially applying for and then stealing money that is meant to go to uh, welfare programs, you know, through the through states and stuff like that. Uh, John Oliver did a big story on this a couple of, of weeks ago, and Ooh. I've been researching it. Well, one of the people, so like Brett Favre is one of them, and like some other some other people that are that are no good who are who are doing this. Well, one of the people who's been caught up in the scandal is Ted DiBiase, who is the uh, former professional wrestler. Um, and, and is this notorious bad guy, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I thought that this was fully going to be a like evangelical church scandal. I did not pick, I did not have pro wrestling on my list of options. (laughs) Well, you, it's funny because Ted DiBiase is an evangelical pastor. Oh. And so it's both. Perfect. The perfect intersection. (laughs) He's been stealing money, you know, you know. And, and laundering it through his church and different stuff. And, and like John Oliver brought it up and like put up like a picture, like an old, the classic eighties picture of Ted DiBiase with his silly tuxedo and all of these gold money signs. And he's got cash that he's just tossing in the air. And uh, when I found out about this, this is how broken my brain is. When I found out about this, I got mad because why would he be, because he's just, he, he just ruined the whole thing. He ruined the whole gimmick. <laughs> is that like, what is it you work yourself into a shoe or you like yeah, yeah. somehow collided with real life he was always just this way <laughs> yeah i was like come on ted you know like you're you're the million dollar man you can't come out that you're stealing welfare money like like that's not right you're 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 evil in that you didn't steal your money. You're evil in that you've made your money and you're using it in the sadistic way. Like, come on, Ted, what's the gimmick? You, all, you know, always work the gimmick, Ted. You fucked it up. 
and, and he like did, and, and that's what pissed me off. I was like, oh, he just fucked everything up. He, he, he broke kayfabe. You know, he, like, come on, you can't be caught. It's like, what did Harley Race say when he got pulled over by the cops? The worst possible thing that could happen to Harley Race is if it got out that he uh, complied with police orders. And so he got out there and he just threatened the cops, you know, with, with pain and death. DB, Ted, why didn't you do that? Ted's like, I will not be caught up in a welfare scandal. I'm the million dollar man. (laughs) And I, and I was seriously mad. Like I I was, I was like, come on, Ted, Theodore. Theodore. You can't do this garbage. That's my favorite thing. Calling people by their Christian name when they mess up. By their Christian name. And, and it's so silly because in some ways you can interpret the, this as very much within the gimmick, right? Like, well, of course he's this skeevy, meat, you know, awful man who makes his millions by stealing it from the poor. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you, you've, that's true, but, but you're reading too much into the simplicity of the gimmick. The right. simplicity of the gimmick is that he's Elon Musk. It's that, Yes, he's you know who. Yes, we all know that he that Elon Musk made his money off of you know an emerald mine, <laughs> like, like, like because of blood diamonds. Yes, but but where Elon Musk makes his money is sort of irrelevant. We hate Elon Musk because he's an out of touch douchebag with money. Yeah, like yeah. like he could have he could have made his money by by selling burgers and and just made a million dollars selling burgers and it would not matter we would still hate him, like like that's that's the point of Ted DiBiase as well where he gets his money is irrelevant nobody's nobody's making a capitalist critique of Ted DiBiase, <laughs> it, it, it's very simple we hate him because he's he's a sadistic asshole who who is rich enough to buy us. And and we know and we know that to be true, and so we hate him for it. But then to find out that nope, he actually he and his uh, son in their evangelical church are just laundering uh, uh, stolen uh, welfare money, and I'm like, come on, Ted, goes against the gimmick completely. Yeah, just doesn't get it. Well, I'm I'm so glad that all of our worst nightmares have become real in the form of an evangelical pro wrestling star stealing money from poor people. Yeah, it's just it just makes me upset. It'd be a killer. It'd be a killer uh, storyline though. Ted DiBiase loses his money, so he steals it from the welfare system. I don't know how you resolve that in a professional wrestling ring. But, uh, you know, eventually somebody's got to be like, we should probably call the police. You know, we probably we probably shouldn't beat him up in a ring. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to have like some kind of Robin Hood vigilante. If you were going to beat him up in the ring, that's how it would have to be. If somebody like beats him until he says, I'll give the money back. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's the right way to do it. That's the right way to do it. Ted, there used to be a uh, here's a quick Ted DiBiase story hour. So there used to be a, a, a baby face in the World Wrestling Federation named Tanaka. Tanaka. Hmm. And Tanaka uh, was billed as a Native American. Uh, oh. He was not. He was not Native American. Great. But he was, you love but a he was, Indian. But he was billed as a Native American. This was the 80s and very, very early 90s. It's not an excuse. I'm just saying... In, during that time, there were more pretend Indi- Native Americans and Indians than there are now. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not an excuse. Uh, it's just that it's to be expected. <laughs> yes. But what made Tanaka kind of interesting is he was uh, he was not like an upper, upper card baby face. Like Hulk Hogan was the top baby face during this time. But Tanaka was this very well protected, like upper middle of the road baby face. Like Tanaka was 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 a major fan favorite with the kids. He, you know, he he was always good. He was always he was always presented as a good guy, you know, no matter what. And um, he gets into this feud with Lex Luger. Now Lex Luger, Lex Luger is is probably one of the worst professional wrestlers to have achieved success. Like Lex Luger has achieved a level of success that his skills do not match up with. Like like he and 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 Hulk and we're and this is a world in which Hulk Hogan and John Cena li- exist. <laughs> like, like like Lex Luger is even worse. But uh, he starts feuding with Lex Luger, and at the time Lex Luger is a babyface. Uh, and and so this feud is kind of kind of odd. Like Tanaka is accusing Lex Luger of being a sellout. That he's that he's listening to Ted DiBiase. That he's he's prepared to to accept Ted DiBiase's money and join Ted DiBiase's million dollar corporation, which is his heel faction. You know that Ted DiBiase you know spends money and and basically turns these babyface wrestlers into heels, right? That's the storyline. Mm-hmm. And and Lex Luger's denying it, and 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 it breaks out into this match. And uh, in this match, um, it turns out that after I mean Tanaka might maybe have been wrestling as Tanaka for like six years in the World Wrestling Federation, it's still at this very well protected, well respected fan favorite babyface. It turns out that Tanaka has turned on Lex Luger. Uh-huh. That he has given in to to the seductions of Ted DiBiase, and and he has joined the Million Dollar Corporation, and uh, he you know he, he turns on Lex Luger in this match. He turns heel. There's these little kids who are just crying in the crowd. They're like, "Why would Tanaka do this?" <laughs> like these. <laughs> He's Tanaka Buffalo. He's a Native American hero. And, and uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just the, like, from that name, I think we all could have guessed the heel turn, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and you know, the commentary team, like, they're, they're, we're talking, like, high-level racism from the commentary team. Oh. You know, like, after he heel turns, like, like just, like, I'm not even going to repeat it, but just, just, just bananas, awful stuff. Well, here's the problem. Uh, <laughs> other than the fact that that was this, like, just kind of amazing feud for its year, right? Like, it's, like, feud of the year. Nobody thought Tanaka was going to heel turn. Like wow, what a, what a what a piece of storytelling! Tanaka can't talk even a little bit. He's like <laughs> one of the worst talkers in all. Like as a babyface, like he was so well protected that he never had to talk as a babyface because he just his look was exciting and and like his the way he was presented was exciting and so all these kids just kind of loved him and. He was just, he never had to cheat. He never had to lose very often. Like, he was just really well protected. But now that he's turned heel, he has to talk. Dude cannot talk. 
Um, and, and there are just gaffes upon gaffes of him talking as a heel. At one point, he's, he's yelling at uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who is a legendary heel wrestler from Memphis, who at the time was doing commentary work for the WWF, Jerry the King Lawler. And he's, he's yelling at Jerry, Jerry Lawler, and he's like, he's like, listen to me, listen to me, Jerry King, Jer- Jerry the Lawler. Oh, no. <laughs> and there's just uh, listen to me, Jerry King, Jerry the Lawler is just one of those wrestling fan sound bites that every wrestling fan knows, mm-hmm. and they're not entirely sure why they know it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, Jerry King, Jerry the Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's so many, but yeah, Tanaka Buffalo turning heel on Lex Luger. By giving in to Ted DiBiase's money. Like, wow. like a Native American turns on a white man by by being paid money from a even richer white man. <laughs> There's just so many things there. And then and then like and then like uh, who's on commentary? It might have been might have been Roddy Piper, who's who's a heel. Like Roddy Piper was one of those great heel talkers who who just could get No, it's Jesse Ventura, your favorite. Future, uh, future right. governor of Minnesota, right. Jesse Ventura, <laughs> just Ventura makes this comment. You know, I bet they only had to pay him fifty dollars, Gorilla. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, Jesse! What are you saying? Oh my god, <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, they gosh. can anyway. and they will. <laughs> it's pro, re- and that's the thing about pro wrestling friends, like. Is it evil at times? Like, like, do we do we live into the racism? Of course we do. Is it a product of its time? Yes, it's a cultural artifact, cultural product. For some reason, I think it, it exists on this plane, not that it's above critique, but that it exists on this plane where because of the weird drama of it, because of the way it can be presented as burlesque and carnival and, and all of this stuff, there you can get away with things right that in it that that you really can't get away with it in any other artistic medium is that good i don't know i don't think i'm not necessarily saying it's good or moral i'm just saying it's it's a part of it's it's one of those weird things about it as an artistic medium mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know where where you can there are lines it's not that there aren't lines but like you can really push lines and boundaries with this medium um, for the sole purpose of uh, doing the art, getting people interested, you know, drumming up, drumming up interest. But like, it it can also be this kind of odd cathartic thing where, where um, folks can kind of, you know, maybe a good thing is folks can kind of get in touch with, I don't know, maybe, maybe the bad shit that's within them. Ooh, yeah, and they and they can examine that in a relatively safe way, right? Like, like if you think to yourself, why is it so? Like the big the big star in in the wrestling promotion I watch right now is MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Oh, right. And he's and he is a heel. He's a mega heel. And one of the things he does is he's Jewish in real life. And so he leans into the anti-Semitism in order to get some heat. Right. And he and he kind of he kind of needles that, right? Like he 
like two like like last week he he did a bar mitzvah. He, <laughs> he, he was he was re bar mitzvah. That's what he did to celebrate his win, and uh, he You're... he wore a he he wore a, a a powder blue yarmulke, and and they danced the hora. And and he he announced that Judaism was the only true religion, and that and that uh, they're the only chosen people, and that God's gonna wipe every other religion off the face of the planet. Wow! And people, and people are booing him, and he's well, like, yeah, "Why are you some Zionist shit?" <laughs> and he's like, "Why are you booing me? I'm just saying the truth, you know. <laughs> Why are you booing me? You know, and uh, and and like, you know." That's that's kind of amazing. What other artistic medium do you see that? And have it be an artistic medium now. Like not have it be like random Twitter people. But but like allow it to like play out in front of you. I just find that in kind of incredible. Yeah. Well, and I think about I was just thinking about um I was listening to a podcast that referenced The Great Gatsby and talked about how like the uh, the guy that Daisy's married to, the like big jock jackass Tom, um, he brings up this kind of not even kind of this very racist kind of eugenicist book, and it's like, have you read what like this author says? And it's like a a veiled reference, not even all that veiled reference to another like existing white supremacist author that got up on the bestseller list at the time. And like you put that in the mouth of the villain, so you know that villain is an asshole, right? Or or like somebody who you're like, this is the bad guy here, <laughs> right? Right. And I think that like pro wrestling takes something like that that you might see referenced once or twice in a movie, a book, a television show, whatever, just to like prove a bad guy's bona fides, and then pumps that up to like eleven <laughs> of like we're just gonna make we're just going to make this person as racist as whatever you know as we can so that it's very clear this is a bad guy doing bad guy stuff um and yeah i think that's what makes it very effective is there's a whole range of social commentary that you could throw into that when somebody's a heel but you have to remember that they're a heel and that's why they're saying this yeah yeah and you can't control everybody's reaction right like this is another thing that makes pro wrestling tough is is that when a heel is very good they're not a heel very long. Right. Because they're too good. They're, it's like when The Rock turned heel and became The Rock. Yeah, people booed him for three or four months. But after a while, when you're the best talker, pe- that's that's just who people want to hear. Right. You know, because you're entertaining. And, and so you can't you can't be heel that long. Um. And, and that's, I think, it's not really a problem, you know, with MJF or with pro wrestling, but it does require, if you're going to be like a socially conscious, you know, kind of wrestling promotion, which luckily more and more are, you know, like more pro wrestling is an increasingly liberal space. It's an increasingly progressive and inclusive space. And you can tell where, where they're both totally willing to, to push all of these bananas boundaries while also telling these kind of strange and alternative stories, right? Strange meaning just like stories you don't see often, you know, in, in media. Like, like LGBTQ wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff that I watch in Pittsburgh. Like, that's not woke wrestling, whatever that would mean, right? Like, 
instead there these characters are queer and 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 unique and sort of fit within this aesthetic but but so are the villains right you know what i mean like like the villains are not the opposite of queer like a good villain for enjoy would probably be some evangelical crazy person but uh but they don't have to tell that story they could just have another they could just have a villain who is also queer right and and their queer and their their villainy is just presented in a different way and using old school heel tactics that's always been my thing like he being a heel is not that complicated at least not in the ring because everybody responds to the same thing in the same way if you rake the guy's eyes you will be booed Right. So rake his eyes, you know, (laughs) like, you know, if you, if you play, if you, if you smack him, smack a, smack a guy in the face, you'll be booed. Even now, if you beat up a woman, you get tremendous heat. Yeah. If you're a guy like, and, and we're moving farther and farther away from separate, you know, you know, um, uh, divisions and stuff like that. And so there's, and, and you see that you go to the enjoy wrestling and you can watch, um, you know, these big gay wrestlers uh, who are bad guys just doing the same bad guy stuff that any other bad guy would do. They don't have to make a social commentary. And in some ways, like, make, like deciding, enjoy deciding to not have all of their villains be straight heteronormative weirdos is a choice that they're making. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. It's a choice that 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 tell. It's it's their motto. Enjoy wrestling. Wrestling is for everyone. That's that's the name of their motto. Wrestling is for everyone, and so why? And so for them to to present a villain as sort of the head of one particular group of people is sort of the opposite of what they want to go for. You know, they want to go for stories uh, about uh, queer and non-binary and. And 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 alternative people, but in wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho once got suspended from the WWE while they were working a show in Brazil because somebody tossed a, a Brazilian flag into the ring. Jericho, who was working heel, looked at the flag, kicked it out of the ring, and screamed, "I invented Brazil!" <laughs> Sorry, that's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. He got suspended for that. Now, why in the world did he get suspended for that? Like, well, that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I know why he got suspended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things that, like, you would have to suspend somebody when they do that in this place. But also, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's somebody knowing knowing exactly what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I invented Brazil. <laughs> Oh my. Oh my anyway, that's my Ted DiBiase breaking kayfabe, ruining the business. I was like, he's ruining the business. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> that's good. We'll see. We'll see how our, uh, the rest of our conversation goes. That This might be bonus content. We'll have to see what happens. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schoenwolf, performed by Joe Schoenwolf, Ian Uriola, and Paul Uriola, and produced by Paul Uriola. 
Email us at whatthehellisapastor at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WTHIAP. And on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP, where you can get access to Pillow Talk, merch, and some other stuff. Thanks for listening. And remember, friends, Ethan gave me all the money in his wallet.